This is God's Word. Say, I believe it. I'll confess it. And I'll live it. So today, open my eyes. Open my heart. Open my ears. To receive this Word. To be changed. Never to be the same. In Jesus' name. Now, if you've got your word, go ahead and turn with me to Philippians. And I want us to, to get right into this because I want to talk a little bit about some winning ingredients. You know, it's Super Bowl Sunday next Sunday, and, and, and there's people focused on two teams that have come through a season of overcoming injury and pain and, and strategies and loss and victory. But there was, there's some ingredients that each winning team has. Whether it's an NFL team that's going for a Super Bowl, whether it's a basketball team that might be going for an NBA championship, whether it's a, a collegiate basketball team looking for a championship, an NCAA championship, whatever it is. You may be a business leader and there's some winning ingredients that, that take place within your business. There may be winning ingredients within a family that you that were to look at. And I wanted us to just get into the Word of God this morning. These things make people successful. Football teams, basketball teams, soccer teams, hockey, whatever it might be. There's teams and they have success because there's some winning ingredients. There's some ingredients that you, you ladies and some of you guys too that like to cook can put some things together and come out with a great cake. You can come out with a wonderful meal. There's guys that are grill masters and they, they be able to, will be able to take a, a piece of meat and marinate it and make it you know, look good and then put it on the grill and make it taste just as good as it looks when it comes off the grill. Can I get an amen? So there is some ingredients, there are some winning ingredients. And as we look at Philippians, I'm just going to have Angela read through verses 1 through 7, and I want us to look at some ingredients. And the first one is that in order to be an, a winning ingredient in the things of God is that we need to understand that we're partners with God, that we're involved in that. So let's take a look at this. We're going to stay in Philippians today. We're going to flip out and go to some other scripture, but keep your finger in the book of Philippians today. Angela? Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from, our, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. When Paul wrote this letter, he was imprisoned in Rome. And he talks about it in verse 5. He said, in view of your participation. Say participation. I mean, this is, this is the, being a believer in Christ is not just sitting on the sidelines and watching. It, there's a participation. And the church of Philippi participated in offerings that were given throughout Paul's ministry. And in verse 7, he says, It's only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart since both in my imprisonment 
and in the defense and my confirmation of the gospel that you are partakers, my Bible says, of grace with me. Another version says partners. Say partners. It's partners. So first thing, if we're going to have a winning ingredient, if we're going to put something together within our lives and we're going to be able to win, there is an ingredient that we have to understand and we have to realize is that we are partakers or we're partners with God. Can I get an amen? So that word goes in there if you're filling out your that word goes in there as partners. I gave you the P. The rest of it you get to fill out. Amen? So want to understand, when you look at this, this word literally means co-participants. Not that you're doing it by yourself. Not that he's doing it by himself. But we are co-participants with Christ, with God, with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? To be able to bring forth a transformation in our life. Transformation will not happen if, if you don't participate. It's like a winning team without the participation of practice, 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 and do it again, 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 and do it again. I saw, I saw um, uh, Joe Montana. Some of you uh, may go back a little bit older, and, and when the San Francisco 49ers, some of you Dallas fans may not appreciate this, but when they beat Dallas... There was a pass, and they call it the catch. That's all they call it, is the catch. And I didn't know what went on behind this, but if you guys will listen to me, this is what happened. Bill Walsh, who was the coach of the San Francisco 49ers at that time, he said every day after practice, he would have Joe Montana, and I'm trying to think of the receiver, Dwight Clark. He was from North Carolina. Anyways, Dwight was from... was born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. He would have them stay back. And Joe Montana, I heard Joe Montana tell this story. He said they, everybody would be heading off, and he'd go over to Joe Montana, and he'd say, Joe, he said, I want you and Dwight to run this play. And he said they practiced it, they practiced it, they practiced it, they practiced. The same thing of the catch was the same play. He said after practice, they would get done, and they would practice that. He would roll out, he would run across the end zone, and he'd throw him that pass, and he'd throw him that pass, and he'd throw him that pass. Every single practice for, for the whole season. And guess what happened in the championship game? It came down to that catch and that play. See, they had to participate with each other. Joe had to participate with Dwight. Dwight was a co-participant with Joe Montana, and guess what happened? There was a winning attitude that took place. There was a winning ingredient that took place. So we have to first of all understand that we are partakers or co-participants with God. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Let me just put up with you Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. You just stay in Philippians and we'll just read through it. Therefore you are no longer a slave but a son. And if you're a son, then you are a heir through God. Say, I'm an heir. You're an heir through God. In other words, you've got to participate in order to be an heir. Hello? If you're going to, how many of you want an inheritance? Amen. It's like, hey, that would be good. I want to participate in that. Romans 8.17 says, if your children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. If you're a son, if you're a child, then you are partners. It's not just passive, you're active. Say active. 
We've got to be active. Joe Montana practiced that throw with, to Dwight Clark. He was active with it every single time. He was like, I don't know why we're practicing this. And that was his own personal view. He said, I don't know why we're practicing it. It was just kind of like, do this, just do this. And then when it came down to it, it was a winning ingredient. In other words, what I'm saying is that if we're going to have a, a winning ingredient in our lives, we've got to be involved. We've got to be involved. We need to be involved in different areas in our life. As a believer, don't just say, well, no, I don't want to get involved in that. I'm going to step out. I, I, I had a conversation last week with a businessman who actually does business or is looking and going into business with a Muslim. That was my reaction first. But I know people that have gone in business with people that weren't Muslims, but they were heathen. Hello? What's the difference? I'm just going to shift some things this morning. Are you with me? He said, first of all, he said, if I don't do this, how am I going to reach that man? I have to be involved, and this is what he said, I have to be involved in his life. Oh, come on, somebody. I have to be involved in his life in order to be able to bring the gospel to him. There's a book that, um, that I started reading. It was called, it's called Walk Across the Room. Walk Across the Room. Bill Hybels was in a meeting, and there was a, they were at this dinner and this table, and this Muslim guy was there, and he sat across the table from him. And he began to start, they began to talk, and he said, you know, I've read your books. This is a Muslim. He said, I read your books, and he's a Christian author. And they began to talk. And he began to ask him about the Muslim faith. He began to ask him about those things. And this guy was very well-educated, had two or three degrees behind his name. He was a very well-educated Muslim. And Bill Hybels began to talk to him and talk to him. And in order for him to be able to minister to him, he had to get involved, right? He says, so what happens? He said, there's a, sometimes there's a big party going on, and you look across the room, and there's somebody over there that needs you. And he says, just walk across the room. Just walk across the room. That's for another time. When I finish that book, I'll try to unpack some things and share with you some of the principles that are in that and that are in that. But you have to understand that if we're going to have a winning ingredient, that one of the things that we have to realize that we're partners, we're co-laborers, we're co-participants, we're joint heirs. One of the scriptures says joint heirs with Jesus, right? It's not Jesus is here and we're here. We are partners. We're co-participants in this thing together. So if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are co-participants in this thing together. Can I get an amen? So number one is what? Partners. Put partners down there. The second thing I want us to look at is in Philippians 1.21. Verse 21. If you just turn over to verse 21. Angela. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul says, for me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He said, my whole idea, my whole being, is to live for Christ. Anything else doesn't matter. My entire being, we talked about it on, on Wednesday, what comes in your, your center being, the center of you needs to come back to the things of God. Amen? Because everything that we do should come out of that and it should be for God's glory, for His purposes. Paul says it's the entire purpose and I speak out boldly because my whole entire purpose is to become more 
like him. Now put your finger there and let's turn over to Matthew. And I, I like chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to read through a couple of scriptures because at this time Jesus had, had come. He had, he had, had born, born, had grown up, had was died on the cross, uh, um, um, went to the Father, came back. Um, taught the disciples, and he was leaving to go and be seated at the right hand of the Father. And in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, let's just read those. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So the first ingredient we need to understand is that we're partners. The second ingredient, there has to be a purpose. There has to be a purpose. What was your purpose for coming today? To glorify the Lord. To connect with the things of God. To be able to, to, to get into worship. To have the burden removed. Anybody get their burdens removed this morning? Hallelujah. I did. I did. What was your purpose in coming? Because there has to be a purpose. If there is not a purpose, there will not be passion. That's good. You better write that one down. I didn't read that one out of a book. Amen? If there's not a purpose, there won't be passion. There has to be a purpose. What's our goal? Our goal is to win the Super Bowl. What's our goal? Our goal is to win an NBA championship. What's our goal? Our goal is to have a, a godly family, a, a lineage to come forth. Our goal is to bless those and be a, a blessing to others. There has to be a purpose. Then is there a purpose? Then the passion will follow. So he says, therefore, go and what? Make disciples. There's a purpose. Jesus is, is, is beginning to ascend into heaven. And, and before he does, you know, he tells the disciples, hey, you know what? You go make disciples. That is still a purpose in the world today. It's to make disciples. And if anything, it's more of a purpose that we have now than we had 10, 15, 20 years ago. To say we want to be able to make disciples. He says do what? Baptizing them. Baptizing. We're going to have a, a water baptism. If you've not been water baptized, you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. We want to get you signed up to be able to do that. We'll have a water baptism. We've got a couple people that have already uh, contacted us that have said, Hey, I want to be baptized. They work on Sundays or they work on Wednesdays. I may have to baptize them at the Northwest End. We've done that. Baptize people in the Northwest End. That's cool. We go to their pool. We baptize people in our, in our pool also. So we're going to have a baptism. He says baptizing them. And then he also says what? What's the purpose? The purpose is also teaching them. Teaching them. Teaching them to instruct them. These are the ways that you go. These are the things that we do. So not only are we, are we making disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to be a what? Be obedient. We want to be obedient to the Lord. Don't you want to be obedient? We know, I know you want to be obedient to the Lord. I want to be obedient to the Lord in every area of my life. There's sometimes, there's some struggles to be able to be obedient to the Lord in certain areas of our lives. And, and, and understand that as we go through those struggles, that I'm telling you, God is wanting to develop something within us, and you're going to come out stronger than when you went in. Can I get an amen? When, it, when, a, when a team, uh, and I'm just, you know, using the football theme, when a, team, when a team needs a play, when they need a play, when they need a play, it'll be like, okay, Joe, Dwight, 
It's that play you practiced every single practice for the past six months. There's only a few seconds on the clock. We've got to have a touchdown. Run that play. I don't even know if the play had a name. It might have been that play. I didn't, Joe Montana didn't say. But now we've all labeled it as the catch. Because you see Dwight Clark catching that football and all the Dallas fans dropping their head. The San Francisco fans, yoo-hoo. I'm not a San Francisco fan. But I am a football fan, and that was an amazing play. It was an amazing play. It was an ingredient for winning. Romans 8.28 says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to what? Everybody, according to what? His purpose. There has to be a purpose. There has to be a purpose. If there's some ingredients, there has to be a purpose. What's the purpose? Are we doing things without a purpose? And we can get worn out by doing that. We can be say, we're doing this. What's the purpose? I don't know. Somebody said it was a good idea. Let's do it. What's the purpose? Because when that purpose is there, then the passion will follow. The third thing that I want to give you today is a, a winning ingredient is basically a pattern. A pattern. Is there a pattern? How many of you know that God gave Moses a pattern for the Holy of Holies? He gave him a, a pattern for the temple. He gave him a pattern for these different things. So Philippians chapter 3. If you're going to flip back to me with there. Philippians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 17. Chapter 3, verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. A pattern. Follow my example. Stay right there. First Peter chapter 5, verse 3 says, Nor yet as lording over it those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. Proving to be examples to the flock. He was saying, look, you're not to lord over the people. But be an example. We want to be an example. We want to be an example how to love. We want to be an example how to forgive. We want to be an example to, to, to how to live. We want to be an example to how to cry and weep. We want to be an example to how to have joy. We want to be an example to how to have all these different things. This is what he was talking about, to be an example. So there has to be a pattern. There has to be a model. That word in the Greek is literally a model. An imitation. Imitate me in, in Hebrews chapter 6. Let's see, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. I think we can put that up. It says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what's been promised. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. Those who what? Through faith and patience. You imitate faith and patience. Faith. I, want, I found somebody that no matter what, was going on in their life, I could imitate them because they were not too high, not too low, just right, ready to go. Just right, ready to go. No matter what was going on in their life, Wayne, it seemed like it's all going to be all right. We're going to get the wisdom from God on this. We're going to get the revelation from God on this. It's going to be all right. Doesn't mean I can't go, oh, no, what's going on? Oh, man, it's just a bit, just bad. It's bad. Things are bad. They're really bad. They're really bad. It's bad. I mean, it's bad even being bad, bad, bad. I mean, it's bad. I just can't see anything. It's just, it's bad. It's just really bad. It's just really bad. 
Or then you have somebody that goes, it's a bad situation. But let's look for the light through it. Are you with me? Let's look and see what God's going to do in the middle of this. So there can be a pattern. What is, what, what is that pattern? What is that pattern? Hebrews 13, 7. And that, that's an error. It's not 3, 7. It's 13, 7. It, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider their way, their life, and what? Imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. Consider their life. Imitate their faith. Is there somebody that's where you want, that is where you want to go? Hello? I mean, you may have people who are called mentors. You may have some people in your life, and you may not ever meant a mentor. You may not have met a mentor. You may not have ever met your mentor. In other words, it could be through books. It could be through CDs. It could be through tape. Are you with me? It could be through other teachings. It could be some different ways, different avenues. There could be those different things that you can say, I want to get there, and how do I get there? And he was saying, look, just imitate those leaders there that imitate their faith. There is a pattern. There is a pattern. There is a pattern. Philippians chapter 4. Let's just read verses 8, 8 and 9, if you will. Philippians 4. Verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Woo-hoo! Paul was in jail. And here he is telling the church of Philippi, he's like, look, the things that you've heard and seen in me. Practice these things. <laughs> so, so he must have been pretty even demeanor. I mean, I know that when he was preaching, there was a guy that fell out the window. Fell out the window while they were preaching and having a service. Guy fell out the window and they just, what, went down? And he, yeah, he fell asleep. He nodded off and fell out the window. <laughs> fell out the window. And they went down and... Prayed for him, and he was healed or whatever. And they were like, keep going, let's go, let's keep going. But a guy just fell out the window. Well, you all go down and pray for him, let's keep moving. Amen? So he says, whatever these things, whatever you've received, heard, and seen in me, practice these things, practice these things, practice these things. How many of you know things just don't happen without some practice? And I've heard it say practice makes perfect. But I want to shift your thinking. Perfect practice makes perfect. Because if I practice it and it's sloppy, how am I going to do it in the game? Hello? It's going to be sloppy. But if I do it right the first time and I'm practicing and I'm practicing, I'm practicing. So I had to practice. There's things in your life you have to practice. You have to practice how you're going to respond when somebody comes up to you and says something. Hello? You have to practice how you're going to respond when your wife says, why didn't you get that trash taken out? What's the matter with you? Is the brains falling out of your head? You have to practice how you're going to respond. My wife hasn't ever said that to me. I was just, I'm using that as an example. You have to practice when, when ladies, when you, when you have a budget and you want to spend some money and your husband says, no, it's not in the budget. Or what are you going to do that you can do this so... The budget still stays the same. We have to practice through these things. I don't even have a budget. Well, maybe we need to practice having a budget. There was a couple one time, they said, I want to build my house. I want to build a new house. I want to build a new house. 
They said, you know, financially, I think we can afford it, but we enjoy our lifestyle the way it is now. We can give in to whatever good work. We can do whatever we feel like we, we want to be able to do with the Lord. We can be obedient to God in the way. And I said, here's what you do. Practice setting aside your house payment for six months. I don't know if they actually practiced it. They ended up not building the house. So obviously, if you practice doing that, well, I got a car payment. I want to buy a new car. Set the car payment aside every month. See how you can live without it. Don't forget to add your insurance and all this other stuff and practice that. Set that aside. You go six months like that and you put $400 a month back or a year like that and you put $400 a month back, you might get three months into it and go, no, no, I got to tap into that money. It's a good thing you didn't buy a car. So we, we need to practice, say practice. Say so we need to be able to practice these things. Practice these things. So we need to be able to understand that, that a winning ingredient is to be able to, to have a, a partner with God. We need, to, we need to be partakers of the things of the Spirit of God. Let's partake in the Spirit of God. On Sunday mornings, partake on the worship. On Wednesday nights, partake of the worship. Get involved in the things that God's doing. The second thing is purpose. You need to be able to have a purpose. And the third thing is about a pattern. Number four, let me give this to you, is power. Say power. Philippians 4.13. 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Wow. Everybody say that. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Some versions say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say I can. Do all things. How are you going to do all things? Not in and of your own self, but through Christ who strengthens you. Who strengthens you. Because there's time when I'm weak, He is... I'm telling you, we do not serve a weak, wimpy God. We serve a God of strength. We serve a God of power. I mean, wow, there's some powerful things. I mean, when... when when Moses stepped into the water and the seas parted, whoo-hoo-hoo, hallelujah. There is power, say power. See, with Christ, we have the power to change our lives. That word power literally means to be able to empower you. With Christ, it empowers me. Not just makes me strong, but it empowers me to be able to change my life. So some of you are saying, well, you know, I need some change. I need some change in my life. I need, there's got to be some change. There's got to be some changes. Well, through Christ, he will empower you to be able to do that. You're empowered to do it. I get empowered to change my life. I get empowered to overcome the enemy. I get empowered to overcome those salts. I get empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. I get empowered by the things of God. Are you with me? See, I couldn't quit things on my own. Some of y'all might have been able to do it in and of your own strength, but not me. But I had to be empowered, say power. I have to be empowered to be able to do those things. The power to overcome poverty. I have to be empowered to overcome anger. I have to be empowered to overcome gossip. I have to be empowered to overcome verbal abuse. I have to be empowered to be able to overcome uh, uh, immorality. I have to be empowered to be able to overcome depression. 
I have to be empowered to overcome oppression. I have to be empowered to overcome drugs. I have to be empowered to overcome pornography. I have to be empowered to overcome bitterness. I have to be empowered to overcome be feeling, feelings of guilt. I have to be empowered to overcome hatred. I have to be empowered to be able to overcome pain. I have to be empowered to be able to overcome broken relationships. Can I get an amen? So we've got to be empowered. See, you're trying to do it in and of your own might. And God's the one that says, I want to empower you. I want to give you power. That is a winning ingredient. We've got to operate in the power of God. Not just the strength of God, but the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The empowerment of Christ. Power is just more than just strength. Power can be authority. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke 10, 19. Jesus said, I've given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and to overcome the power, meaning a force. It's a different word, power, than what we read in, in, in Ephesians or Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. This power is a dunamis power. It's like a dynamite power. It's like a blast. It's a force. It can be a strength. But the other word was to empower you, to be able to strengthen you. It can be like a, it can be empowering you to do some things. So the, the fourth thing that I want us to understand, if we're going to have victory, we are having victory, amen? And we're going to have success for winning. These have got to be some different ingredients, and power is one. Say power. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're empowered. Come on, tell somebody else, you're empowered. Come on, it's through Christ that you're empowered that you're, that you're strong that you're strengthened. Amen? The fifth thing, and, uh, and I'm going to finish up here pretty soon, is prize. Is prize. And Philippians 3.14, let me just read that to you. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on. I press. What's the prize? What's the prize? What's the prize? What's the prize? I'm telling you, the football teams are playing for a prize. A lot of it may be money, but also it's a prize to have that one trophy that nobody else has got. Come on, somebody. To be able to have a ring that I can put on and wear this ring that other people don't have. Are you with me? There is a prize that we're, we're pressing towards. We're pressing towards. We're pressing towards this goal. What's the goal? What's the goal? I'm headed towards the goal. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Is there a pattern? Why am I doing these things? Why am I fasting, praying? And why am I doing all these things? Why am I crying out to God this morning? Because there is a prize of the upward call. Say prize. There's a trophy. There's a ring. I think about, I think about Olympians. You know, that, you know what their prize is? It's that gold medal, baby. I want the gold. Give me the gold. Gold, silver, or bronze. Give me one of them medals. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I get up at 4 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning. That's why I do all these. I'm talking about Olympians. That's why they get up and they practice and they watch their diet and they watch what they eat and they be careful what they drink and they're careful how they use their bodies and they're exercising and they're strengthening certain parts and muscles and certain body in their body to be able to perform at an optimum level, at a maximum level, to be able to perform in a way that I'm, I'm going I'm to cut off one hundredth of a second. I mean, there it went. A hundredth of a second, it was hundreds of seconds. It just went by. Just, it just went by that fast, that much, that they're being able to perform that way. It's a prize. Say a prize. So he says, I press on for the goal. The prize, the prize, the things we do 
to get rewarded for a prize. The things we do to get rewarded for a prize. I'm looking to that prize. I'm looking to that prize. 1 Corinthians. Let's go with me to 1 Corinthians. And on chapter 9, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, 12, 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to look at verses 24 through 37. Say, I'm there. Say, say a winning ingredient is to get the prize. I'm telling you, when Pastor Jerry makes a chocolate cake, I want to get the prize. I don't want to look at it and go, man, that frosting really looks good. Let me cut a piece. Oh, really, that looks good. Oh, wow, look at how moist that thing is. Look how wonderful it is. Oh, that's nice. Put it on the counter and walk away. (laughs) Not me, baby. I'm like, let's get into this thing. That's the prize. And, you know, sometimes he may want to be the first one to try it. Why? Because he's mixed the ingredients. He's measured things out. He's put it all together. He's put it in the oven. He's taken time and care, and he's been careful how he did it to make sure that, it, that, it was, that all the ingredients were just right. He mixed up the, the frosting and put in the nuts and everything that he's looking forward to it, and then he puts it in that oven, and he's got to wait. Are you anybody hearing me this morning? See, there are... There are <laughs> everybody's going to be hitting best area for chocolate cake there are these things why are we doing this why so we can get that prize so we can get that prize first corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 and 27 do you not know that those who run in a race all run but only one receives the prize run in such a way that you may win Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Verse 26, he's therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. Not without aim. What would it be like if we had an archery tournament and said, okay, everybody's line up, everybody's paying $25 fees, and, and you're going to hit the target. And they're like, where's the target? Where's the tar- what target? Well, don't, don't I need to aim at something? See, I would rather be someone to aim high and hit it halfway than to aim low and hit it all. Well, I hit my target. Where was your target? Two feet in front of you? Or was it 200 yards away and you nailed that target? You may not be able to hit the bullseye right away. But I want to aim for that target. He said, I'm not running. I'm not going through this life. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. The future is ours to see. I'm not going through this life just skipping along. There's a purpose. There's a plan. Are you with me? Well, what am I doing in this life? Why am I reading and praying and fasting and crying out to God and going on a 21-day challenge and learning to hold my mouth when I am not going to say something edifying to somebody else? Why am I doing these things? Why, Paul says, I'm just not going without aim. I've got a purpose. I'm going to box in such a way that it's going to 
bring me a prize. It's going to bring me a prize. I want to live my life in such a way that others can look at me and say, well, you know what? I may not know a whole lot about him, but he, he loved God. He loved God. Are you with me? These are ingredients that we can mix together. You can begin to look at it and you can understand that we've we got to be partners, co-laborers with Christ. We're joint heirs with Jesus. I'm a son of God, so I'm involved. I'm part of the family. Amen? It's deeper than just, quote, partners, legal contract. No, we're partakers. We're involved. We're active with this. We're not just sitting on the bench. We're getting in the game. 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 Getting the game. Are you with me? So then the next thing we have to understand is that, that we have a purpose. Let me just go to that last slide, um, Mishael, if you will. Second Timothy 4.8 says, You know that what's in store for me for a crown of righteousness that the Lord of righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who have longed for his appearing. James 1.12 Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because he has stood the test. He will receive the crown of life (laughs) that God has promised to those who love him. The crown of life is like a victory wreath. It's like a victory wreath. That's why he could... I mean, they had the Olympics back then. Paul understood the, the, the games, the gamesmanship. There was a wreath that 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 victor would get was that wreath. Not everybody got to wear that crown, that wreath. But as we go through the things of God and, and, and we advance the kingdom of God, to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord, and in the presence of the Lord, I'm going to receive a crown. Woohoo! Hallelujah. I'm going to receive a crown. Let me just review these five things real quick. We want to be partakers. We want to be active with the things of God. We want to be partner. There's got to be purpose. What's, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? Is there a pattern? How, how, do, how do I do this? How can I live a life worshiping God? How can I live a life that will glorify Him? There's patterns. I mean, that's why I gave us the Bible. To look at those things and imitate those and say, wow, these are different things. These are principles, and those principles work. We've also got to know that we've got to have power. Say power. You've got to have the power. You, got, you are empowered. You are empowered to be able to live that life. I couldn't do this on my own. In me, I'm, I'm not good. I'm not good, y'all. But in Christ, I am empowered as a son of God. And the next thing is the prize. Say prize. It's a prize. It's a crown that I'm after. I don't want my crown today because I want to get some more jewels for my crown. Come on, somebody. I want my, I want just a little, little bitty crown. I want a big one. <laughs> Paul says, I don't run without aim. I, I got I to gotta see the prize. I, I know what I'm going after. These are winning ingredients. Can you take these? Will you take these ingredients and apply them to your life? Will you look at this and say, okay, maybe I need to be operating here. This, I'm, I'm really, I, I know what I'm doing here. I got a purpose here. Will you do that today? I want to challenge you that this year is going to be a year that you're going to be able to put together some things, some ingredients for the things of God. You're going to be able to put together 
some things, and all of a sudden there's going to be like a combination to a lock that all of a sudden unlocks it. Some of you may have got these ingredients and you're in the oven. And they're in the oven. God might look in the oven and go, eh, not quite yet, still 17 minutes left. Some of you might think, I'm ready to get out. Well, the ingredients still have yet to work. Be patient as the ingredients are put together to work. Is, is anybody getting this? Be patient, because sometimes we want to microwave what God has for a crock pot. Right? I mean, all I know is that when there's stuff in the crock pot and you can smell it all day long, whoo doggy. Say, I have the victory. Say, I'm a winner. And you might just be repeating that after me, but it's got to be in here. You are a winner. We can take these ingredients, like Paul, and say, you know what? He was in jail, and he was in jail for preaching the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God and of Jesus Christ. He was telling people about Christ. God wants to use you today to share with others. God wants to use you today for your life to be in such a way that you continually strive after the prize. You go out there and practice. You go out and practice. Oh, man. My Aunt Martha came to me the other day, and I just messed it up. I think I'll go apologize, and I'll practice. And sometimes you've got to get in the mirror. Aunt Martha, I'm sorry. Aunt Martha, I, I, will you forgive me? Okay, I can do this. I'm empowered to do this. Amen? Will you stand to your feet before you go home today? We want to encourage you today. I'm going to have a, I want to, if you're part of a ministry team, if you'll come on up, we want to be able to have some people come up for prayer today. Ushers, if you'll go ahead and move this podium. If you're here today and maybe you're struggling in different areas, we want to be able to, we want to be able to empower you today to be able to move past those things this morning. We want to be able to strengthen you today. Who do you need to get up here? Kelly, you and Wayne, come on up. Debbie, come on up. Kristen, come on up if you will. Nita, will you come on up? Sean's teaching back there in the fifth and sixth. That's good. That'll be good. We're going to have you go sit down, please. She's going to be leaving. Because we will, we will not leave without her. 